At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, one and all. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, on the Digital Satellite Network, on the Digital Radio Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, uh, let me see, Talk Star Radio, and Talk Stream Live, and many other independent affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, and our main website where you can find out what we've been doing, what we are doing, and what we hope to be doing at www.exxonradiotv.com. Exxonation, my guest this hour is a lady that we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. Her name is Elizabeth Kaler Pentakoff, and she is the author of a very fascinating book, the Missing Kennedy, Rosemary Kennedy, and the Secret Bonds of Four Women. And her website is www.missingkennedy.com. Now, throughout her childhood, our guest this hour, Elizabeth Kaler Pentecost, frequently visited Rosemary Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy's sister. Why? Well, her aunt, Sister Paulus Kaler, 
A Franciscan nun was Rosemary's devoted caregiver at St. Coletta in Jefferson, Wisconsin for 15 years and her driver and travel companion for over 30 years. The Missing Kennedy chronicles Rosie's life along with that of the author's aunt and delves into similarities between the two families. It it includes many never-before-seen private photos, Kennedy quotes from the author's interviews, and um, information about Rosemary and her famous family. The book delves into Rosemary's misdiagnosed condition, why her father sought an experimental brain surgery uh, that was done without his wife's knowledge, how he kept the fact hidden from the rest of his family for over 20 years, and what Rosemary was actually like after the lobotomy. Through the author's relationship with Rosemary, Sister Paulus, and other relatives, the author discovered how family, faith, and silence intertwine to bond, strengthen, or destroy ourselves and our relationships, no matter of our status or circumstance, whether one is rich, extraordinarily family, or, like me, a poor, ordinary one. Joining me now is Elizabeth Kaler Pentecoff. And Elizabeth, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us again. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Um, I, I was sharing with you before we went on air uh, one of the conspiracy theories that that has just arisen in the last couple of uh, months that what happened in Dallas, Texas, the the assassination of President Kennedy was staged because he had been suffering from a, a, a brain dysfunction, uh, which included a lobotomy, and that this was all staged in order to save the face of the presidency. And, you know, like I was telling you that this kind of parallels your book. It really does. Um, you know, I, I doubt the validity of that. As I do. because of how they learned, mm-hmm. what it, um, uh, how Joe had learned uh, the truth about the horrors of the lobotomy through uh, John's, uh, Jack Kennedy's beloved sister, Rosemary. But it does, it does sound very familiar. You know, plus, I, you know, the conspiracy theories abound. And in, in today's technological age of instant information, I think there's more misinformation than there is credible information. And in fact, I've said this many times on my show over the past 25 years, that the Internet is the largest septic tank that mankind has ever created. Boy, are you right. <laughs> the Internet has very valuable sure in many ways because we can access some excellent research through verified sites, mm-hmm. for instance, the Library of Congress, uh, uh, our public libraries throughout you know, the United States, uh, as well as university libraries. Uh, but again, you were co- completely correct. Uh, anybody who's anybody can post whatever they like on the Internet, and often that uh, arrives in a yeah. lot of uh, misinformation, uh, lies, and unfortunately, um, you know, bullying and, and hatred. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a quick example before I go to my break in about 30 seconds, today on Facebook there was a news article that implied that Sylvester Stallone had died, and when you clicked on the link, it brought you to an advertising page. Oh, no. Yeah. Exonation Elizabeth Kaler. Pentecost is our special guest. Her website is missingkennedy.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break talking about her book, her relationships, and much more. Don't go away. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. 
Hanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our rise retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. And welcome back, everyone. My very special guest this hour is Elizabeth Kaler Penikoff. She is the author of a very fascinating book. And this is a book that I would suggest for Christmas. You know, that time of year where most people have all their Christmas shopping done, but like Craig and I, we wait till Christmas Eve. That's because the Quickie Marts are open so late. The name of this young lady's book is The Missing Kennedy, Rosemary Kennedy and the Secret Bonds of Four Women. And uh, Elizabeth... What was your inspiration to write this book? Why did you decide to to go into detail and, and tell this fascinating story? Well, this happened a, a few years ago, and I had just finished uh, another book and another ar- a different article, and I was kind of um, losing my enthusiasm. And I, usually I have a thousand ideas, and I can't wait to start the next one. So I believe in the power of our nighttime dreams and how they can influence us and show us the way. I've been in a dream group for over 10 years. I've written in a dream journal all my life. I really enjoy interpreting what dreams mean and how we can learn from them. So I know that we can ask our dream life uh, questions because it really helps to dig into our subconscious to see what we're all about. So one night, several years ago, Mm -hmm. I asked for a dream that would be clear to me of what book project I should work on next. Well, that very night, a young blonde man came to me, and he said, you're going to write The Missing Kennedy. I said, oh, no, I'm not. And he said, oh, yes, you are. (laughs) And I said, I can't. And he said, well, why can't you? And I said, well, I don't want to get any of the Kennedys mad at me on this side of the grave or the other. And he said, no one is going to be mad at you. He said, in fact, they are very pleased that you're going to write this book. And I said, really, why? And he said, 
It's how you're going to write this book. And I woke up and I thought, well, okay, I've got to honor my dream. So I will kind of piddle paddle around this in the shallow water, kind of afraid to get my feet wet. So I thought, okay, well, first I'll write my memories of Rosemary since I grew up with her, Mm -hmm. visiting her, um, you know, weekly and monthly, and we were together a lot. And the other thing I did was I started reading about Rosemary's life before her lobotomy. I knew her after her lobotomy quite well, but I didn't know a lot about her early life. So I started reading books. I started researching the Internet. And all of a sudden, one of the pictures I clicked on from a newspaper was of the familiar blonde man in my dream. Wow. And I know, it was like this shiver up my spine. So I read the caption, and it said that he was David Kennedy. David Kennedy is a young, was a young son of Robert Kennedy, who unfortunately was alone in a hotel room when he was a young boy, and he watched his father's assassination on oh. television. Poor David suffered from mental illness. He sought refuge in drugs and alcohol, which is uh, frequent because people often don't know what to do to help themselves out of this terribly horrible disease. And the uh, Kennedys didn't know really what to do with him. You know, they had him in therapy. They tried all sorts of programs. Nothing worked. He was in and out of jail. You know, he had a record. Um, Of course, the family was very embarrassed by him. And then later I was reading a book where it said the cousins were talking about their Aunt Rosemary. And David said, I relate to my Aunt Rosemary more than any other relative. And they said, why? And he said, because if my grandfather Joe were alive today, I too would be lobotomized. And unfortunately for David, he died at a very young age um, from an accidental drug overdose. So I felt like he was calling me from beyond, telling me that there I needed to write this book. And then I felt like, well, this book is more important than just telling my story. There's another reason I have to write this book. And through the journey of writing it, I found out what it was. What was it? It was that Rosemary suffered from mental illness, and while she was suffering from it, when I was growing up, my family had suffered from mental illness. My mother's aunts and my uncle had depression. One aunt was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, my gosh. And it was a horror story, not only what she went through, but what we went through trying to help her. And so we had kind of a parallel story in a way. And I realized that today, mental health in our country still has huge problems. We do not give it the consideration it needs. We need to erase the stigma from mental illness. Because mental illness is a disease. It is. Uh, And yet it's treated as society's dirty little secret we can't right. talk about it. And if you cannot talk about it, you cannot address it. Exactly. Yeah. And being in the whole silent world of not only in Rosemary's era, mm-hmm. she was born in 1918 and grew up in the 20s and the 30s, and she had her surgery in 1940. Um, but even in the 60s, when my aunt was dealing, aunt was dealing with it and we were all dealing with this, it was silence. I was not even to say anything about my Aunt Zora to anybody. She was erased from any talk at all because it was so secretive and she was whispered about. I want to tell you a little story. Going back into the 50s in Montreal, where I'm originally from, the CIA was conducting experiments at the Allen Memorial Hospital under the code name MKUltra. Yeah. My mother, my mother was a willing, unwilling participant. Oh, 
of those experimentations. So I can fully understand and I fully appreciate and I have been an advocate of getting mental illness to a point where it has to be dealt with. My mother, God bless her, she's in her, she's 86. Um, she went to the Allen Memorial for migraine headaches. Right. And she was subjected to the experimentation that the CIA was conducting under the leadership of Dr. Edward uh, Ewan Cameron, who was the head of the Department of Psychiatry in Montreal, the, with the Allen Memorial Hospital as part of the Royal Victoria Hospital, which is McGill University Training Hospital. So, you know, it was very nice uh, at the end, you know, when the when the media and the actions of the CIA operating in Canada with the full approval of the yeah. Canadian government was established. My mother got a letter from uh, from Dr. Cameron apologizing. A little late. A little late. And, you know, people don't realize that mental illness can be caused by so many things. Yes. From, you know, hereditary illnesses, from psychological illnesses, from natal trauma. illnesses, trauma, PTSD, stress, yes. that it has to be addressed. And I don't understand why we are, why society is so lackadaisy on this issue, why it is still in the closet. I agree. Part of it is it's not a sexy disease. Nobody has put all of their time and effort celebrity-wise mm -hmm behind it. Uh, Glenn Close has stepped out, which is really excellent. But we need more larger names bringing donors. There should be, um, you know, ads on television yes. about it. There should be, you know, a whole campaign. We should have, you know, walks for this cause. Um, and, you know, there was a time in the 70s, Rosalind Carter worked very hard for this. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of the institutions that were problematic, I will mm -hmm. say, did close. But what was supposed to happen were that every community was supposed to have a specific mental health uh, center, a service, mm -hmm. which picked up the pieces from where the institutions left off. And instead, the 80s came along, and it was the me generation. And everything was wiped out, everything that she had done. You know, all the funding, all the, all the uh, legislation, anything that was going anywhere stopped because people said, nope, we don't want to give money there. Politicians said there's no money in this. We're just going to forget it and back burner it. And guess why we have such a huge homeless problem? Guess why we have such, such serious mental illness where people are shooting at each other mm -hmm. every day? I mean, you know, most of our... Um, mentally uh, ill-suffering people are in prison. Uh, a third of our homeless population have undiagnosed and untreated mental illness. So something needs to be done, and we need to start raising our voices and proclaiming it so. And yet we still have all these men and women who are, in my opinion, hero warriors that are coming back from the different yes. wartime theaters that Absolutely. are coming back with, with mental problems, mental issues, including PTSD yes. and so on, that they did not leave with. And they are just being left out to, well, you know they what? They sure are. They're being left out to hang. Yeah. And nothing is being done. And it's, you know, I'm very fearful. I'm very fearful that we're moving into uh, a darker time. So I think that it's important for each one of us in our, you know, non-famous and non-rich ways, as we are, mm -hmm. we can do something about it on a smaller scale. We can, you know, act with our actions and our words, yeah. be yeah. thoughtful and kind and empathetic, and we can inspire others by, you know, if you are on Facebook or Instagram or anything, you know, you need to use your, your person, your being, to make positive statements uh, uh, regarding empathy for anyone who suffers from this disease. We need to erase the stigma, and we need to bring it to our politicians' um, sensibilities, uh, writing letters, 
making, you know, calling uh, politicians, telling them what, um, how much we need to help um, anyone who either suffers mm-hmm. or family members who are dealing with this. You know, I've always said that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. problem. And we need more people getting involved so that we can eradicate these this veil of or this cloak of invisibility that we put over the mental the mental um, problems that society are facing. It's just going to get worse instead of getting exactly. better. Yeah. You and I have to take our break. We'll be back in two minutes after the news. Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Elizabeth Kaler Petikoff. Her website is www.missingkennedy.com. That's www.missingkennedy.com. And we'll both be back as we continue this conversation. And we're going to get back to the book. And because there are so many questions, who, what, when, where, why, we'll find out to the best we can within the hour. And as I was saying before, this is the Christmas season. You know, somebody who likes to get a good book, sit in front of a fire on a snowy day, this would be that book. The name of the book is The Missing Kennedy, Rosemary Kennedy and the Secret Bonds of Four Women. And once again, www.missingkennedy.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. 
Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Elizabeth, let me ask you a question. In writing your book, did you, you must have done research. And during your research, did you come up with anything that actually changed your view of the Kennedy family? Absolutely, I did. Um, When I was young, I talked about Rosemary's unfortunate lobotomy with Mm -hmm. both my mother and my aunt, Sister Paulus, who cared for her. And they told me that, you know, because of history and time and um, what culture was like then, that, um, you know, it really wasn't all of Joe Kennedy's fault what happened. And I carried with me for many years actual, I would call it almost hatred of Joe and a strong dislike for Mrs. Kennedy, too. I, I faulted her as well. It wasn't until... I started reading about exactly what mental health um, was like in the 20s and 30s and 40s, how, we, how our culture treated everybody. And if anyone had someone in the family who had any mental illness, any mental challenge, if they had epilepsy, if they had anything like that, they were hidden away in attics or mm-hmm. basements because if uh, people would have found out the breadwinner would have lost his job. They could have been evicted. Um, there would have been bullying, uh, violence. And then um, many of the people's families, uh, members, loved ones, were put in institutions because it was recommended to by the doctors. And they told the patients' uh, families never to visit them. So it was a horrible situation. And as you pointed out, war causes more mental illness and Mm -hmm. trauma because of PTSD, which, of course, they had no idea what that was back then. That's right. So it was a desperate situation. And then entered Dr. Walter Freeman, uh, one of Rosemary's uh, surgeons. He uh, saw what a desperate need there was. He attended a conference in Europe where he found out about the lobotomy. So he joined with neurosurgeon Dr. James Watts, and they started the procedure. Um, Unfortunately, Dr. Freeman suffered from pretty severe mental disabilities himself. Although Yale educated and he taught through George Washington University, he was known more as a theatrical showman, and uh, he really twisted the media around his little finger. And back then you didn't question doctors. They were God. And so the media just lapped it up, mm-hmm. and Dr. Freeman made up his data. And so the New York Times, the Reader's Digest, Saturday Evening Post, Newsweek all said, hey, lobotomy? No worse than removing a tooth. And it's going to cure homosexuality. It's going to cure epilepsy. It'll cure your migraines. You've got a bored housewife or an unruly teenager? Give him a lobotomy. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. How was Rosemary's father able to suppress this lobotomy from her own mom? Well, Mrs. Kennedy and uh, Joseph had very busy lives, and Mm -hmm. they traveled separately from each other quite a bit. And she would uh, visit family members, um, you know, throughout the, the country or whatever, and so she was gone on a prolonged trip, and uh, that is also a coincidence that Rosemary uh, became uh, very, very um, extreme in her violence. Um, she was no longer a gentle, sweet Rosemary. She started attacking herself. She started attacking others. And so Joe realized something had to be done. And he didn't want to do what the doctors advised, which was to institutionalize her and never see her. So he sought out 
what everyone was just you know proclaiming everywhere you you couldn't see anything about it that was wrong about the lobotomy so we went to dr freeman and dr freeman said i can you know cure rosemary i can make her calm and this will be a productive way to help her life but but and, how could dr freeman actually do the operation if he wasn't a surgeon um he assisted in it and ah. dr james watts made the actual um uh, you know he drilled the holes into her prefrontal um uh, brain and he inserted kind of something similar to an ice pick right. uh, into her brain. And Dr. Freeman asked Rosemary to count and to sing a song. So Rosemary was not completely knocked out. She was awake and had to respond to um, aud- auditorial cues. And as soon as she was singing and counting, Dr. Watts would twist this um, uh, utensil and when Rosemary stopped being able to respond, then the surgery was complete. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't just calm her down like they hoped, but it robbed her of all of her basic skills. Oh she wore diapers and was bedridden. Uh, it, was, it was very, very sad and shocking. Um, so when the older members of the family came home from their their trips in their college. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe said that Rosemary had worsened, which is partly true. She had, but he didn't tell any more of the story, and he said that she had to be institutionalized, which she did have to be. Uh, so Mrs. Kennedy was a very Victorian woman. She grew up with a mother who was very Victorian, and uh, the husband pretty much ruled the roost. And um, so Mrs. Kennedy had to accept it, and she dealt with it by her very conservative Catholic faith, and that helped her through all of the tragedies she had to endure. If Rosemary's story was happening today, Elizabeth, how would it be different surgically, educationally, and socially? Well, first of all, I don't think that Joe would have even attempted it, Mm -hmm. because there would have been um, scientific studies, and it would have proven it Uh, to be a foolhardy thing to do, and he would not have attempted it. I think he would have gone to um, many doctors. I think that uh, today women have more of an equal uh, relationship with their husbands, or at least in the United States we hope they do, and so that there would not be a a great cover-up as well. As well as, you know, back then the the media would um, kind of wink and nod and not report everything right. uh, if, if they were told not to, uh, especially through politicians, of course, and uh, that would not be tolerated today either. However, I, I do have fear that um, with the way our country is moving, that perhaps some of our First Amendment rights will come under question now and we could very well start be start start going down that dark path. So we must remain vigilant that the truth is is dealt with um, through journalism and um, science. You, you declare your mother and yourself to be feminists. How did the feminist yes. movement help people like Rosie? I think it allowed women to feel comfortable to ask questions. Mm-hmm and to um, care about their own bodies and to take responsibility for their children and their families in a new way. Uh, before Mrs. Kennedy, she was, I will give her this, she was very involved with Rosemary's life. Um, before the lobotomy, she was tutoring her. She hired all educational specialists. Um, you know, she was on the money. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately for 20 years she didn't know what happened to her but then when she did discover the truth she was right back there with rosemary being very involved with her life and also um you know stepping out with her daughters um and proclaiming and her sons and proclaiming that we need to take a, a look at anyone with a disability 
and they are people too. Uh, so thanks to her and Eunice, Rosemary's sister, who started the Special Olympics, uh, and Jack and Teddy and Bobby, who uh, did a lot of legislation for anyone who has a disability, um, a lot of positive uh, action came out of Rosemary's tragedy. You know, I, I, I was trying to remember if I had heard anything about Rosemary Kennedy during the uh, during the the presidency of President Kennedy, and and nothing came to light. No, it really didn't. And any time that they were they the reporters asked, mm-hmm. a, a different story would be concocted. And uh, stories I've read things. Okay, some reporters said she was a teacher. Some said she was an actress on stage uh, throughout Europe. Others um, said that she was very private. And she liked her privacy and traveled kind of incognito. So nobody could really pin her down, pin anybody down about Rosemary. And they just kind of left it alone. And, you know, sometimes you do have to think that the president should be um, really investigated thoroughly. But when it comes to the family members... You really do have to give them an mm-hmm. ounce for, you know, hey, they do have private lives. Sure they do. So I do sympathize with anybody who's a family member of a politician because they are ripped open kind of too. And sometimes that's not all always fair. What is the most significant thing that you yourself learned from Rosemary? I think in the face of tragedy that one can have a very happy, productive life no matter what the disability. And before that, you know, I just never really thought about it. And then I realized that, you know, a lot of people have all sorts of disabilities. And I I watched my father age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a very vital man. And then he, uh, in his older years, he he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Mm So I saw what happened to him, his body, his mind. But he, like Sister Paulus and like Rosemary, was positive and happy. And even though at the end when he could no longer eat foods or swallow, he was still a vibrant community member. He, he lived in a, a nursing home and he loved his nursing home. He loved any time we, we interacted with him, which we did often. He loved playing bingo. He, loved, he still read. He was able to read and watch his favorite sports shows. So, you know, there he is, almost bedridden, and he was a pleasure to be around. And that's exactly what Rosemary was. She was sweet and fun. She could be very stubborn, but she was always a joy to be around. And I think that no matter what happens to us, we can take positivity away from it and enjoy all the small things in life and do creative action to make the best of situations. You and I have to take our final break. It's uh, great talking to you, and uh, I wish you continued success And because your book certainly has a message, and that message should be recognized and the stigma that society has ill-placed on mental illness must be taken off, and I admire you and the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Exo Nation Elizabeth and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exo from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send an email to studio at exoneradiotv.com or visit our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. And for all the programming on the XZBN network, XZBN.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Exonation. Welcome back. Elizabeth Kaler Pentakoff is our special guest, and she is the author of a, a very interesting book. A book that has a very deep and very important message. The name of her book is The Missing Kennedy Rosemary Kennedy and the Secret Bonds of Four Women. Who are the four women that you refer to in your title? Excellent question. It is Rosemary. Sister Paulus cared for her, myself, and the very formidable and ambitious Youth Kennedy Shriver, and I admire her greatly. 
She was married to Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? <laughs> no, but close. Her daughter Maria was. Oh, right, 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 right. I'm sorry. That's okay. Annie, why'd you do that, Annie? <laughs> well, the Kennedy family is so big, it's hard to keep track of who is married to who and which one's the sister and which one's the uh, the mother and the father and, and on and on. What is it that you would like people to take away from your book? That do not suffer whether you have a mental disease or a disability or you have a family member with one, do not suffer alone. I think that, you know, today we have an excellent organization called the National Alliance of Mental Illness, NAMI, N-A-M-I, dot org. They are spread throughout um, the universe, Mm -hmm. and they have chapters in all sorts of different towns and and communities. And I know uh, friends of mine who have uh, family members who suffer from are, are belong. I actually belong too, but my uh, friends go to their meetings, and really it saved their lives because they can hear from other parents and other family members um, on coping mechanisms, not only for themselves, but for their uh, loved ones uh, who suffer. And so I think that this is something that uh, we should all be involved with or or help with. Another thing I want people to take away is that, okay, the Kennedys, yes, they were rich and famous and they did a lot of good, but that doesn't mean that you and I can't do good, too, just because we're poor and um, not famous. So uh, we, can, we can do a lot with our time and energy. And another thing is is to take care of ourselves and our family members because, you know, um, as you were mentioning, there are many causes of mental disease. And, okay, you know, you and I may not be suffering from this right now, but, you know, how do we know what trauma or tragedy might befall one of us or our family members? And that trauma may um, cause a mental disease, uh, such as depression or something right. like that. And so we need to take care of ourselves and our family members. Um, you can do this in so many ways. You can do this by practicing gratitude every day, uh, even when I'm only just you know down in the dumps, which is nothing like depression, mm-hmm. which is overwhelming. Um, I can cheer myself up by just thinking of three things that I'm gra- grateful for, you know, right this very moment, um, and and spending time in nature, uh, and finding a passion, and really getting involved with a passion, whether it's reading or listening to music or um, anything like that you know um, I have a I have a dog where I, I don't think I could survive without my dog because she gives me so much pleasure uh, and eating right and exercising those are the practical things um, as well as you know reading my book you I think that you will find that it is an emotional book for for me it was emotional for me to write it mm-hmm. but it was very gratifying, and it it really showed me their relationships with each other and the ones in my family, which really mattered. What do you? What is the reaction from people that that listen to the talks that you do about your book and and your feelings about mental illness? What is the general reaction? Is it one of disbelief or one of hey, it's not my problem, or is there a lot of compassion, understanding. There's a lot of compassion out there, and I think that sometimes we don't even realize our capabilities for compassion until we are faced with a subject. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you go to the movies and you see a movie and it just, you know, you're just welling up with emotion and, and empathy, suddenly you realize what your capacity is. And that's the same with reading a book about someone with um, a problem or, uh, or something that they've faced and they've survived and they've come through this wall of, of tragedy to be better, a better person and stronger person. And I think that uh, people who come to my talk, at first they are kind of in disbelief and overwhelmed and they approach, they approach the Kennedys 
and somewhat, I mean, they're all interested in the Kennedys, but they, they kind of had the same idea that I did when I was young, which was, oh, how could that Joseph Kennedy do that? And they're just, they're just dripping with, mm-hmm. with kind of like, yuck, which is true. It is kind of yucky. But after they hear the talk and they join in a lot because there's a lot to discuss within my book, they are suddenly on the other side, and they said, we didn't realize what a hopeful and positive book this was. You know, it's, it's not a, a, a dark and deep, gloomy subject at all. It's, um, it's very uh, life-giving. So I've had a lot of positive comments and emails and letters uh, from this, uh, these talks, and I really enjoy meeting everybody in the audience and talking with them also after the talk, because I also, I'm still learning. We're all still learning mm-hmm. about mental disease and uh, the right ways to, uh, to deal with it. Should we teach our children how to, how to better understand and how to better help when it comes to mental illness? Absolutely. Um, I remember when my son was quite young, I think he was three or four, and we were out in public at a mall, Mm -hmm. and there was someone who was uh, acting a little differently and probably had some mental uh, disease. And at first he stared and started to talk to me in a loud voice, as all children will. You know, the, the kind of comments where they may make you know, to a, a fat woman or a pregnant woman, oh, mommy, look at how fat that lady is. I mean, you have to uh, take your child aside and you talk with them and you say what is uh, polite and what isn't and why we should be compassionate for if someone is overweight or if someone is disabled or yeah. acting differently and how we should approach them and how we should deal with it. You know, most people don't want to be sig- singled out uh, for anything for with the difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to show them by your own actions. If uh, someone needs help and you need to open the door, you are polite, you know, as you would with anybody. With an armful of packages, what would you naturally do? You'd open the door. Well, that teaches your youngster, no matter what the age, that what you do for people is that's a good thing, and that's exactly what you should do with your child and encourage talking feelings around the dinner table while you're maybe if you see something in a TV show or a movie or you know, even if you see something negative, like, you know, the news will be on. Yeah. And if someone famous does something to uh, make fun of someone with a disability, um, you know, or anything like that, you immediately, you know, you pause it, the television, you turn it off, whatever, and you have a conversation with your family at that moment of it happens. Uh, and I, I, I guarantee you, if you do this, you will have empathetic and loving children. Where can people buy a copy of your book? Virtually anywhere. Um, it's now available in paperback. Uh, so uh, it's, getting uh it's you know i don't know it's it's very reasonable cost mm-hmm. uh you can get it on any of the online sources that you normally would um amazon barnes and noble right and i encourage everybody to visit their independent bookstore in their own community uh, because independent bookstores um, really take the time and the care to uh, nurture uh, readers and nurture authors and nurture everybody. They have wonderful community events. They're also available there. And if they don't have it on the bookshelf, they can always order it. We've got about uh, 60 seconds. What are your final thoughts for the listening audience of the Exxon Nation tonight? No matter what kind of tragedy or, or uh, negative mm-hmm. happening in your life, um, know that you can get through this, that you are stronger than you think you are. And you're not alone. And you're not alone. Elizabeth, thank you ever so much for joining us. Uh, To you and your family at this very 
wonderful time of year. A very Merry Christmas, and I wish you success, love, joy, and happiness in the many years to come. Thank you for Thank being with you. us tonight. All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Exonation. Nation, our guest this hour, has been uh, a lady who wrote a very fascinating, interesting book that we can all learn from, Elizabeth Kaler Petikoff, and her website is missingkennedy.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? I want to hear from you. Is there a special guest that you'd like us to bring on? Is there a special topic you'd like us to discuss? Whatever it is, send me an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. I'll be back. Don't go away. <laughs> 